Wow. I love, I love the way everyone automatically goes quiet when the music uh, kind of turned down, everyone's, something's happening. Uh, a really warm welcome uh, to everybody. Uh, it's wonderful to be together, isn't it? Um, I do hope you've had a, a good summer, uh, whatever you've been up to. Maybe you've been away somewhere, or maybe you've gone somewhere new. Uh, maybe you just had time at home in Manchester. Uh, I do hope you've had time for you know, some quality time with your friends or with your family. Uh, I know that many of you have. I've heard about some of the stories and things you've been up to, so that's been uh, really good. We've had a great time. We've been doing some different things this summer, some great family time. Uh, making some great memories. And it was brilliant last week as well. We had um, a few testimonies, didn't we, from different people telling us some of the things, how God's blessed them. And what I love was, even last week, a few of the kids coming up saying how excited they were about you know, going into their new school year. Uh, and it was brilliant this morning, wasn't it, to pray for them um, as they embark on that new year, or maybe for some of them new schools as well. Um, um, I, did, I did mention this last week as well. Um, although it's, it's fantastic, isn't it, having a nice summer break, doing some different things, there is something exciting, I feel, and something good about coming back into that routine, into a new season. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited about this coming season, you know, from September. Um, I'm excited about what God's going to speak to us, how he's going to use us. Um, I'm sure God's got great things for us uh, in this season ahead. Um, so just to start off with, I've got a little bit of a, uh, a question for you. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe um, over the summer holidays or recently perhaps, have you read a good book? Um, have you seen a good film? Uh, maybe started watching a new TV series? Um, there's something really captivating, isn't there, about a story. Now, I'm not a big reader, um, unlike Rian, who goes through books like nobody's business. Honestly, the number of books you can get through, she's really into her, her books. Uh, but I still, I still love a good story, you know, whether that be a film, a documentary, an autobiography. Um, um, there's something that really kind of draws you in, isn't there, uh, about a story. Uh, whether it's a fiction one, you know, some of my favourites would probably be like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, those kind of classics. Um, but also, you know, kind of true accounts, things like the Apollo 11 account of where they went to the moon. We heard quite a bit about that recently. Or maybe Nelson Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom. Or it could be, you know, I've read uh, various autobiographies as well. Um, so perhaps as I've been speaking about stories, I don't know if one has come to mind for you at all, uh, but maybe just take a quick moment if there's someone sitting next to you just to, to say to the person next to you, or maybe not your favourite story because that can be a bit difficult, can't it? But perhaps a story that you like. So have a very quick think, a story that you like and, and maybe, maybe tell the person next to you. I've got you thinking now, haven't I? Mm. <laughs> There's lots, there's so many great stories out there, isn't there? There's so many to choose from. And I'm sure we've all got our own favourites, no matter what they are. Um, I don't know about for you, but for me, I think I often find um, the most inspiring, the most moving stories, um, those ones that are kind of true accounts. Um, perhaps people going through tremendous challenges, um, difficulties, uh, and persevering through those. Um, and sometimes maybe they'd have the outcome that they hoped for, they prayed for, um, sometimes not. <clears throat> But, you know, we don't have to look far uh, for amazing stories. You know, there are many, many wonderful stories within this room, right within this room, of God's strength working, of God's spirit moving in our lives. There are many powerful stories in this room. And in fact, I would say each and every one of you has an amazing story. You might be thinking, well, no, I think my life's pretty ordinary, really. It's pretty mundane. Um, but that's not the case. You know, I want to remind us this morning that each one of our lives is part of a great story. 
Um, and when we come to this book, when we come to this book of the Bible as well, we come to one of the greatest stories of all time, don't we? If not, the greatest story of all time. You know, this, this book, this story is filled with drama, with conflict, um, with disaster, with hope, um, and ultimately redemption. You know, it's not just a history book, is it? Um, it's a book that contains our story as well. The story of God's people, his creation, his dearly loved sons and daughters. It, it contains our story. Um, it tells us the origin of our creation. Um, um, it tells us who God is. You know, there's so many amazing stories of different characters in, in the book, isn't there? Um, people like Noah and Abraham and Moses, Deborah, Gideon, Elijah. And then if we think coming into the New Testament, um, people like John the Baptist and Mary uh, and the Apostle Paul. You know, we can learn so much from those stories, can't we? The relationships that people had with God and discover about who God is, who he truly is and his purpose for us as well. It tells us the greatest story ever. It points us to Jesus. It points us to Jesus. It shows us who Jesus is. It shows us that purpose is found in Jesus. It shows us that relationship with Jesus is where we need to go. You know, in Jesus we can find peace. In Jesus we can find hope, we can find healing. Ultimately we can find forgiveness. I don't know where you are today. I don't know if maybe you feel like you need peace in a situation, you need hope in a situation. Or perhaps even your relationship with God, you feel like perhaps you walked away or you're struggling a little bit. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is the one who will give you forgiveness, who will set you on the right path. So let's remember today, the 1st of September 2019, a great story has been outworked. A great story, the story of our lives, but Jesus being in our lives, him being a part of all of our lives. Not just a few hours on a Sunday to, to sing some songs together, to hear a preach word, but he's part of all of our lives, isn't he? That's something that we're exploring a little bit in the summer holidays. Um, if you were here for a few weeks, we did um, Cafe Church, um, and we were looking at a book, um, this book, The Whole of Life for Christ. Um, and I just want to le- read a little excerpt from that. We've already read it a couple of times over the summer, but I'm going to read it to us um, one more time. Um, I, I, we heard quite a bit of good feedback about this study as well, so it's something that we're going to look at a little bit more and connect. Um, so if you've not been con- to connect, I'd really encourage you. That's a great way to en- engage with this study uh, and so, to kind of learn together, to grow together in our relationship with God. Um, so I'm just going to read a little excerpt from that book that um, inspired me, so hopefully it'll inspire you as well. So, from the whole life of Christ. Suppose for a moment that Jesus really is interested in every aspect of your life. No, really. Every aspect. The dishes and the dog and the day job and the judgery of some of the stuff you just have to do. The TV program you love, the staff in your local local supermarket, as well as those who are homeless, your boss, as well as your church leader, helping a shopper find the ketchup, as well as brewing the tea for the connect group, the economy of your town, as well as the well-being of your neighbour. Suppose the truth that every Christian is a new creature in Christ, empowered by the Spirit to do his will, means that Christ is with you everywhere you go, in every task you do, in, with every person you meet. Suppose God wants to involve you in what he's doing in the places where you spend your time day by day. 
Suppose you have the opportunity to spend every moment with him, in him, for him. Suppose your whole life is important to Christ. It is. It is. So, you know, kind of thinking back to some of those stories we're maybe um, talking about earlier, I'm sure some of them perhaps involved a great hero or heroine um, performing some amazing feats, maybe, or going through some um, real big difficulties. Um, you know, depending on what that story was, um, maybe it involved saving the universe from aliens or some other bad guy, perhaps. Uh, maybe it involved scaling a mountain. Uh, maybe it involved fighting against apartheid or the campaign for the vote for women. Or maybe if it was a biblical story, it involves something like the parting of the Red Sea or raising someone from the dead or um, healing someone from a lifelong condition. You know, going from that context of thinking about these stories um, and people performing extraordinary feats, um, our lives can then feel in that kind of respect. They can feel mundane. They can feel ordinary. But as we've talked about, our lives um, are a great story when they're lived with Jesus, when they're lived with Jesus Christ. And don't just take my word for it, take God's word for it. So I'm going to read us a couple of verses. And actually, this this first verse we've already heard um, this morning. So I'm going to read it again now. 1 Peter 2.9 You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the two particular words I want to pick up on that, you are chosen, you are a special possession. And if we believe that, we are part of a great story. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. We are part of a great story. And you know, that story isn't about an individual woman or individual man going on their own little mission. It's not about that. It's about a people. It's about a people together living for God's glory. And that people is us. You know, when we see that, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we live our daily lives. We see that we're part of a higher purpose, a heavenly purpose, a God-given purpose. It changes how we live when we see that adventure with Jesus calling us into our day-by-day lives. It changes how we approach those challenges we come across, those difficulties. It changes how we live in our home, in our office, in our school, in the hospital, wherever, wherever it is we are day-to-day. You know, it can be really easy, can't it, to fall into the trap uh, when we're thinking about living a life of a great story, to think of, uh, about it being doing loads of amazing things, about achieving certain goals, you know, putting on events, doing projects, um, growing ministries, being successful in the place where God has called us to. And of course, these are good things. These are important things. These are things that we should be pursuing, we should be praying into. You know, in terms of our mission here as a church, we are absolutely convinced that we are here for purpose in Withenshaw. You know, God has placed us as a community here to declare his love, to declare his gospel, to live our hour in this place. And we're absolutely convinced that we will not give up on doing that. We will not give up and sharing the gospel and showing God's love in various different ways. And we believe that God is already moving through us as a church and he will continue to see that. We are a missional people. But at the same time, 
No, that's not the only way, is it, that we surrender our lives and express our love for Jesus. Um, recently, I was thinking about um, the book, The Love Languages. I don't know if you, some of you might be familiar with that. Uh, and it's generally kind of used for like, in marriage counselling, that kind of thing. But it's also applicable to all kinds of relationships. Uh, and explores the way that we experience love. Um, and it kind of has five different ways that um, it talks about us experience, experiencing love. And I don't know if they're, hopefully they're not up on the screen yet. Are they not? They are. Uh-uh. Right, let's see if you can name them then. Oh, have you put them up? No, you haven't. Go on, you did. Go on, see if you can name them anyway. He's taking them off again. Go on then, what are the five different love languages? Go on. Go on. Quality time, yeah, great. Gifts, brilliant. Acts of service. Words of affirmation. Yeah, you've got the last one, brilliant. Well done, yes. So those five, words of affirmation. Our words, acts of service, doing things for people, I'm showing our love that way, um, giving gifts, um, our quality time, so spending quality time together, physical touch. So I began to kind of think about these, um, not in the context of like a marriage relationship or friendship or anything like that, but actually in how we express our love to God. Uh, and obviously there's one of these that isn't relevant, physical touch. Uh, we don't we don't experience God in the physical, do we, in terms of seeing him or touching him. But all those others, I believe they are relevant to how we express our, our love to God. And if we think about words of affirmation, we could relate that to how we speak about God, how we speak to God in our prayers, uh, in our worship, in our conversations. Acts of service, you know, we could relate that about how we live for God in our daily lives, um, how we serve our friends, our family, how we serve in the church, how we serve God. Um, gifts, I guess we could relate that, couldn't we, to uh, financial giving, our giving of our tithes and our offerings. We do that together, don't we, every week. Um, quality time. <clears throat> We could relate that to how we just simply love God, how we spend time in prayer before him, time in the word, how we have quiet time with him, how we worship him. And I guess for each of us, perhaps we have a natural tendency um, towards different ones of these um, love languages and how we express our love to God. You know, maybe for some of us, we might find it really easy to, to give financially and we're really generous, but then perhaps we'd struggle a little bit more to express our love for God in our words, maybe. Or maybe for some others of us, you know, we find it really easy to serve. We love to do things in the community, in the church. Um, but then maybe we'd struggle a little bit more with quality time with God. You know, of course, God delights in all these expressions of love to him. You know, they are all valid. They are all important. You know, and in talking about our lives being a great story, I think it could really be easy to kind of be, become focused on the acts of service expression of love. You know, that is really important. It's really valid. Um, but that's not the one I want to talk about this morning. So the one I want to look at, look at this morning a little bit is quality time. And I think we could probably refer to that as our, devo- our devotion to God, going deeper in our relationship with God. And the reason I want to give a bit of time to that one is I believe that all the other expressions of love will flow out of that. You know, when we give time, attention to quality time with God, all those other expressions will flow out of that. Um, so I was going back to the kind of marriage um, kind of analogy. Um, I was thinking about, you know, those love languages again. I was thinking about the fact, well, 
I could express my love to Rian by telling her lots of wonderful things. Bless you. Lots of wonderful things. I could tell her how much I love her, how beautiful she is every day. I'm sure she'd like that. I I do do that as much as possible. I'm sure I could clean the house for her. I could do lots of things for her. I could clean the house. I could make wonderful meals. Um, I could do lots of acts of service. I'm sure she'd love that too. I could buy lots of things for her. I could buy her flowers, chocolates, new clothes, all those things. It's a shame she isn't here to be hearing this, isn't it? But um, I'm sure she'd love all of those things. And they are great ways for me to express uh, my love to her. But at the same time, they don't necessarily provide a context for our relationship to grow, do they? Without space for quality time together. You know, quality time together, it provides that context for us to grow in our relationship. You know, if it really is quality time, then we'll connect, won't we? We'll share our hearts, we'll share our dreams, we'll talk together, we'll share, we'll get to know each other better. That's what quality time's about, isn't it? It won't just be something, hopefully, that we do to make each other happy, but it'll be something that we love to do because we love each other. So that's what I want to look at today. So let's go to uh, a passage in the Bible. Let's go to Luke 10 together. So if you've got a Bible or maybe a tablet or a phone or whatever, feel free to follow along. We'll go to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read a little story from there. Okay, Uh, Luke chapter 10, this is from verse 38 um, down to 42. A story that you'll probably be familiar with, um, but we'll look at this one again, yeah, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not, not be taken away from her. So uh, this is a story I want to um, look at us, uh, look at with us a little bit this morning. I don't know if you can kind of picture the scene. You know, Martha had invited uh, the disciples and Jesus to her home. You know, really honoured guests, and she wanted everything to be just right, didn't she? For her guests, she wanted the food to be delicious. She wanted her home to be neat and tidy. She wanted everything to be perfect. Um, there's just so much to do, and you can imagine her kind of running around, getting everything ready. I'm sure, we've we've been there as well before but would you believe it Mary's just sitting there isn't she Mary's just sitting there at the feet of Jesus and there's so much to be done and it gets that point I think doesn't it where Martha just thinks I can't take it anymore you know the stress is building there's so much to be done and she comes out with this accusation doesn't she Lord don't you care strong words isn't it strong words from Martha but of course Jesus responds doesn't he in such love in such wisdom and in such grace and I think Martha probably gets quite a hard press, doesn't she? She has quite a hard time of it, really. 
all right, you know, she reacted in the situation. But I think we can see Martha's heart of love here, can't we? We can see that the way she expressed her love was through, you know, her wanting to make everything perfect. She wanted everything to be just right for her guests. And I'm sure, as I said, we can relate to that. I'm sure we've been there, whether it's practically getting things ready for our friends, our family, whether it's kind of serving in the church, whether it's wanting to do the best in our jobs. Um, whatever activity it is, we can find it easy, can't we, to love through doing things. And there's nothing wrong in that at all. I guess sometimes we just need to check our priorities, don't we? Check how we spend our time. And I don't know about you, but I find uh, Jesus' response in verse 41 and 42 a challenging one. So this this is what he said. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Mary didn't choose many things. She chose one thing, and that one thing was better. What was that one thing? It was quality time, wasn't it? Quality time with Jesus to sit at the Lord's feet, to hear from him, to enjoy his presence, to learn from him, to get to know him, to hear his heart. I'm sure Mary knew that there were many things that needed to be done. She was probably aware of that. But she prioritised being with Jesus, didn't she? She valued that over the practicalities um, that Martha was concerned with. And Jesus affirmed that choice, didn't he? He said what Mary has chosen is better. I wonder why he said that. You know, we could have easily said to Mary, go on, go and give your, hand, your sister a hand. Go and give Ma- uh, Martha a hand. Look at all these things that need to be done. But he didn't say that, did he? He didn't say that. You know, some of us might have a natural tendency more towards a Martha approach or maybe more towards a Mary approach. But I believe that if we can all take heed of Jesus' words here and we all prioritise that one thing, then our relationship with God will be strengthened. It will certainly be strengthened. And I'm convinced that as we do that, as we invest in that quality time with God, then we'll be inspired, we'll be provoked, we'll grow in that love and we'll know who he's called us to be, what he's called us to do. And that that love will be expressed in a variety of ways, a variety of different ways. You know, it could be serving a cup of tea, it could be inviting someone to our home. You know, God knows that we have many practical concerns and we see that even when we look in that same chapter uh, of Luke 10, earlier on in the same chapter, you know, he talks about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus knows that there are practical things that we need to attend to. We need to express our love in that way. But I believe through this account, Jesus is reinforcing to us that we need to do that from a place of intimacy with him from a place of having sat at his feet, spending time with him, hearing from him, worshipping him, abiding in him. You know, I am challenged by that. I am genuinely challenged by that. I'm challenged by Mary in this, in this account, how she prioritised that. You know, it, particularly when we think about it in the you know, historical context as well, it wouldn't have been a comfortable or natural thing for her to do that as a woman, you know, coming sitting at Jesus' feet. I'm challenged by that. You know, I want to love him well. I want to love God well. I want to live my life for him. And I know that sometimes I get too wrapped up in that list of of day-to-day things that I need to get through. I need to do this. I need to do that. There's so many things I need to be doing. But I know that I need to invest that quality time with God to sit at his feet, to abide in him. 
I was challenged by this um, quote that I read uh, recently, so I'm going to share it with you. This is a quote from a a guy called um, Eric Ludi, um, a Christian um, author and speaker. Um, And this is what he said. He isn't impressed with numbers or achievements like we are. He's moved by the daily act of surrender. He's stirred by our desire to know him more. He's stirred by our desire to know him more. You know, going back to our lives being a great story. It's not always dramatic events. It's not always adventures. It's not always amazing things happening every day. But of course we want to pray for that, don't we? We want to believe for that. Now sometimes it's much simpler than that. Sometimes it's much more straightforward. It's about us loving him. It's about us getting to know him, spending quality time with him, involving him in every aspect of our lives. I know that quality time, it will look different for each and every one of us. You know, we're all in different places and different seasons of our lives. But that quality time with him is so important, isn't it? So I don't know what that, you think that looks like for you. You know, maybe it involves reading the Bible on the bus. Uh, maybe it involves praying as you go about your day-to-day at home, in the work, and the school. Maybe it involves, yeah, spending some quality, quiet time away from the TV, away from your phone with him giving him your worship, your praise. It can look like um, praying in your lunch break or as you're walking home. It can look like all different things, but ultimately it's about getting to know him, isn't it? It's about loving him. It's about abiding him. A wonderful, mighty, kind, loving, awesome God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is so wonderful. He wants us to know him better. He gives us access to him. You know, we heard this morning, didn't we, about, we were provoked about the Holy Spirit. He's the one we can engage with day by day. He's the one who gives us access to God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is with us. He is for us. And you know, there's a couple of keys that I really believe will help us in this. Uh, and I don't really have time to kind of dig into those today. But hopefully in um, like week, future weeks, this is something we can look at a little bit more. And those two keys that I think will really help us in this thing of uh, abiding in Jesus and giving our quality time to him. Those two are discipleship uh, and devotion. Discipleship and devotion. So just thinking briefly about a kind of definition of discipleship, I was thinking about this and just a little definition I I came up with, um, you could come up with all different ones, but this is what I was thinking about in terms of discipleship. Sharing life, sharing encouragement, sharing challenges, sharing dreams, sharing disappointments, praying together. Now having a relationship like that, to me that sounds like a relationship where discipleship is at work. What is discipleship? It's growing together, isn't it? It's growing together, growing in our relationship with God together. So perhaps that's something for us to think about. Who am I discipling? Who's discipling me? And it's doing, for me, it's doing some of those things. It's sharing life together, sharing challenges together, sharing dreams, disappointments. It's doing that. So have you got someone you're doing that with who's, who's helping you in that? You sharing life in that way? And the other thing, um, devotion. And I don't mean that in terms of necessarily like a daily devotional. Obviously, that's, that's important. That's something that fits in with having that quality time with God, isn't it? But devotion to him, a holistic devotion to him, a laying down of our life to him, giving ourselves utterly and totally to him day by day. That's a challenge to all of us, isn't it? A real challenge.
You know, our lives are part of a great story. And that great story speaks to the world around us. It speaks to God. It speaks to heavenlies. And it will include amazing, wonderful things, stories that we've got from the past, because things that God's doing now and things that God's going to do in the future as well. But ultimately, it's about loving him, living for him, isn't it? And we can express that love in all sorts of ways. But let's ensure that we spend that quality time with him, that we love him out of a place of abiding in him, spending that time with him. You know, I truly want to give God my best. I want to love him well. I want to live for him well. And I trust you do too. So I just um, want to give us a chance to, to respond together a little bit as well. Some time to, to reflect on that, um, to reflect personally, to hear from God, um, to think about what that means for our lives. Um, so maybe we can spend a couple of minutes doing that. Um, I just may ask you to, to close your eyes and I'm going to read over us a, a prophetic word um, and just listen to the, the words of this prophetic word um, and just allow them to speak into your spirit, um, to speak to you. And it'll be different for each one of us how we want to respond. Um, but just allow God to speak to you, challenge you, encourage you, fill you afresh with his spirit. Learn to be with me in stillness, without worrying about what you should do. Take time to enjoy my presence and be refreshed in the depths of your being. I don't always need you to do something. It's okay to simply be with me in rest. Quiet yourself and find me as your source of peace. Feel the waves of my love washing over your soul and reviving you. Existing in the reality of my love and enjoying me are more important than any religious duty. Who you are in this life isn't summed up by what you do, but in who you are. Who you truly are in the depths of your being and out of my spirit within you. I'm less concerned about you discovering what I'd have you do and more about you you understanding who I've called you to be. Once you embrace the essence of your identity in me, you will naturally flow into the things I want you to do. Enjoy the freedom to be. Embrace the simplicity of child-likeness as you find yourself in me.